Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, in the kind of world of murky, tinted, interesting, botanical-filled aquariums that we play with. There's a few, I don't know, constants, and there's some things that uh, we need to touch on from time to time. And if there's one thing that unites us in the botanical-style aquarium segment of the hobby, it's that gooey, slimy, stringy stuff called biofilm. Biofilm. Yeah, biofilm. Now, fairly regularly... I will get DMs or emails asking about the stringy stuff covering my leaves. So it's always a good idea to discuss this from time to time. Now, even the word biofilm conjures up an image of something you really don't want in your tank. Something dirty, yucky, potentially detrimental to your aquarium's health. And let's be honest with ourselves here. The damn dictionary definition of this stuff is not going to help win over many haters. The definition is biofilm. A thin, slimy film of bacteria that adheres to a surface. Some charming and commonly encountered examples of biofilm include plaque that forms on your teeth and the slime that forms on surfaces in water. Shit, really? <laughs> yeah. Add to this the fact that it's not the best-looking stuff you could find in an aquarium, and well, yeah, its reputation precedes it, right? Yeah, I guess it's the definition we're going to have to run with here. Now, apart from the unpleasant-sounding description of the stuff and its snot-like appearance, the concept of biofilms and how they form is actually kind of interesting. Not charming, I didn't say that, but interesting for sure. Now biofilms form when bacteria adhere to surfaces in some form of a watery or wet environment and they begin to excrete a slimy glue-like substance which consists of sugars and other substances that can stick to all kinds of materials, like in our case, botanicals. It starts with a few bacteria taking advantage of the you know, abundant and really comfy surfaces that uh, leaves and seed pods and even driftwood offer. And the early adopters put out the welcome mat for the other bacteria, providing a whole bunch of adhesion sites, like a matrix of sugars that holds the biofilm together. So some bacteria species are incapable of attaching to a surface on their own, and what they do is they anchor themselves to the matrix or directly to their buddies who arrived at the party first. Sort of like Facebook, huh? Yeah. And we can go on and on all day telling you this is completely normal, it's a natural occurrence, and that bacteria and other microorganisms are simply taking advantage of a perfect substrate upon which to grow and reproduce, just like they do in the wild. And I, and I could. <laughs> Freshly added botanicals offer like a mother load of organic material for those biofilms to propagate, and that's occasionally what happens, just like in nature. Yeah, it does. So I probably will continue on on this course. Terrestrial materials, famously leaves, recruit biofilms like mad when submerged. They're an integral part of a flooded forest habitat and pretty much every other aquatic habitat there is. They assist in nutrient processing, sediment stabilization, and oh, yeah, they provide food for fishes too. Is now a sort of dark side to biofilms? Of course there is. Like anything else, too much of a good thing can cause problems in rare instances. Frightening aquarium Armageddon scenarios could play out. For example, in an extremely overcrowded aquarium, or a very small one with marginal husbandry and filtration, 
with a huge amount of biofilm relative to the tank volume caused by an equally huge influx of freshly added botanicals, there's always the possibility that the bacteria within the biofilms can multiply extremely rapidly, reducing the level of oxygen in the rest of the aquarium, which could lead to this dramatic reduction of CO2 being released out of the water. This in turn could lead to CO2 levels rising quickly and sharply, potentially causing asphyxiation to the animals in the tank, including the lovable nitrifying bacteria that support it. So yeah, uh, it's a true doomsday scenario, and it's typically brought out by a variety of things that would occur in a non-sustainably managed or populated aquarium, including improper preparation, rapid accession, excessive additions of botanicals, and a complete lack of common sense on the part of the aquarist, in terms of husbandry, that is. So yeah, there is a dark side if you create the circumstances to foster one. Now, the real positive takeaway here, after all that charming uh, little exercise, biofilms are really a sign that things are working right in your aquarium, a visual indicator that natural processes are work. Yet, understandably, it may not make some of you feel good. However, being natural and all, perhaps you can take some comfort in hearing about what to expect. First off, take comfort in the fact that it's typically a sort of a passing phase. In other words, the big, big influx of it. It can take anywhere from two to three days or two to three weeks to subside on its own, or at least to some level that you can live with. It'll never fully go away. You don't want it to. Again, realize that biofilms are present in every aquarium to some degree. Yeah, even in your so-called nature aquarium, you may not see it, but they're there. Or you may scrub the hell out of them, but they're there. Welcome to planet Earth. All right, we get it, though. Some of you just don't want this stuff, despite its charms. Okay, when you get a lot of this material in your aquarium and it's causing you considerable worry, stress, and just plain giving you a case of the shivers, there are some actions you can take besides cursing or the whole idea of, you know, throwing the aquatic botanicals or materials in your aquarium in the first place and getting mad at me. So what do you do? Here's a few of the time-tested options. You can wait it out. That's right. Do nothing. Just accept appreciate the wonders of nature, no matter how unsightly they may be at you know, times. I mean, didn't nature make the death flower and slime mold? Seriously, yeah. And it's nicer to experience than terrestrial biofilms like, let's say, plaque. So yeah, patience. You could also remove the offending botanicals or leaves and give them a good scrub with a soft bristle brush, like an old toothbrush, not a plaque-filled one, and uh, give them a rinse in fresh water and put them back in. And of course, it'll come back, maybe at a lower, slower pace. You can also remove the botanicals, give them a good scrub, and reboil them and soak them again. Although it's a bit redundant and really not necessary, I suppose it does have some advantages of removing some of the trapped organics that led to the initial outbreak to begin with, but you can probably see it happen again. Plus, you're boiling things that have already been boiled. It seems kind of a waste. You can also leave the botanicals in place and employ some sort of natural control in the form of ornamental shrimp, you know your crystal red shrimp, your bee shrimp, and the rest of those tiny overpriced yet uh, oddly engaging little crustaceans. They absolutely adore biofilms and they'll attack them voraciously. In fact, really hardcore shrimp guys and girls love to actually grow biofilm. I love these people. They're really into it. Alternatively though, I've learned that some fishes like plecos, some quarry cats, leperinas, and other headstanders, as well as a surprising variety of other fishes you wouldn't expect, like live bears, will pick at the stuff fairly aggressively from time to time. In fact, I've seen pencil fishes and other small caracins pick at it for hours. It's weird. Again, the reality here is that in an otherwise well-managed, sustainably populated aquarium, at best, the largest bio, you know, blooms of this biofilm will just be a temporary nuisance, subsiding to at least a tolerable level, or even being almost unseen for as long as you have the aquarium in operation. I mean, it's always going to be there, but you'll be able to tolerate it. 
remember, it's all part of the game with, you know, black water or otherwise botanical influenced aquariums. Part of that mental shift that we talk about so often towards, you know, accepting and appreciating a more natural looking, natural functioning aquarium. That's the price of admission. And along with the tinted water, the decomposing leaves, it's the dues you pay. And that goes hand in hand with the envious oohs and ahs that you're bound to get from other hobbyists who admire your completed work when they see it for the first time. Now, there are a lot of you who have come to admire and even love the whole idea of biofilm, which I think is really cool. Like those of you who love those aforementioned ornamental shrimp, you understand the value of having a periodic crop of the stuff available for your shrimp to graze on, and I think you're actually wanting to foster it. And there are, most botanicals will grow this stuff. However, there are some that seem to actually give you a really good burst of the stuff. Um, Which ones, and specifically? I'll tell you. First of all, there's the pyrophyllium pods, which they tend to soften more quickly on their interior than many of the other botanical materials, which renders them very attractive to biofilms in the early phases and the run-in in your aquarium, and that will recruit a lot of biofilm. Another one, by uh, magnolia leaves. and uh, Yeah, magnolia leaves. Probably the most beloved leaves out there that we constantly are going in and out of stock on. They have this waxy cuticle that seems to recruit biofilm more quickly than the other leaves during at least their first weeks of submersion. It doesn't last very long, and it generally subsides fairly dramatically on its own, you know, pretty quickly. But nonetheless, they do a good job of recruiting it. And then there's the Dregiapod, another dreadful name, but it's another lightweight botanical with an interior that seems to soften very quickly, so it recruits a good amount of biofilm in the process. And interestingly, the biofilms tend not to linger very long in this particular botanical, so you make hay while the sun shines, get your shrimp in there and let them, let them tear it up quickly. And then there's jackfruit leaves, and these are super cool, and they're attracted to shrimp anyway, and they have that value-added benefit of rapid biofilm recruitment. And your shrimp are going to love you for it because not only will they feel like you really appreciate them, uh, they'll be happy. And in turn, you will no longer harbor any resentment for the shrimp costing, you know, 400 US dollars per gram or whatever. They're expensive, right? Yeah. So actually, no. So jackfruit, good, good stuff. Now you, of course, may have other favorites for this purpose, and I could probably devote a whole damn article to it. You know, why not, right? I've just written a thousand plus words on biofilm. I mean, where else in the aquarium world are you going to find that kind of content every day? For free, nonetheless. And yet some of you still buy generic, non-romanced catopolis from some clown on eBay. Really? How do you guys sleep at night? All right, have I guilted you enough yet? Probably. Okay, this periodic brief review of biofilms is getting a little bit long-winded and maybe even nasty, right? But I think you get the idea. I can pretty much name every botanical in our category, in our catalog, and tell you that it will recruit biofilms. That's a reality. Again, biofilms are absurdly common in nature and pretty much part of any aquarium, yet more significant and manageable and noticeable when you play with botanicals. They're not to be feared, although they should be respected, studied, understood, and ultimately utilized as food by your animals. They're just part of the beautiful ecosystem that we create when we utilize botanicals in our aquariums. So stay mellow, stay calm, stay brave, stay curious, stay patient, stay inspired by nature, and always stay wet. Again, it's Scott Fellman. Thanks very much for stopping by. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions for future podcasts, feel free to shoot me a line at tenantaquatics at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook or Instagram. We're always there. And uh, thank you so much for your support. Look forward to seeing you again real soon. Hope your tanks stay clean and tinted. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.